Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life he gives. Last Sunday, we looked at Nehemiah chapter 8, and we talked about the sacred ambition of enjoying your life. And there was a lot more that I wanted to share last Sunday that I didn't have time for. And so today I'm going to finish that sermon. And for those of you who weren't here last Sunday, let me give you the short and the quick of of what I shared. I believe that sometimes we resist Jesus because we believe that the closer we get to him, the less we get to enjoy our lives. You know what I mean by that? Like, man, I can't get too close to God because I don't know, he'll ask me to be a missionary and go to Africa or something. Or I can't get too close to Jesus because then all the fun things that I do, he's going to ask me to give those up. And this way of thinking, I think, is detrimental to our, to our walk with Jesus. And it also leads us into a false dichotomy. And the false dichotomy being this, that we either have to take up our cross and deny ourselves, and follow Jesus, or enjoy our life. And I believe that is a false dichotomy, that that we don't have to choose either or, that both and is possible. It's entirely possible for us to enjoy our lives while we're also losing our lives. Right? I mean, Jesus himself made it crystal clear that to follow him, we have to take up our cross and deny ourselves. We have to lose our life. But here's the thing. We also find one. Jesus said, if, you lo- you gotta f- it, it, you have, if you're going to find your life, you have to lose it. But we get to find one. One in him, right? One that is abundant. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said this, I've come to give a rich and satisfying life. So yes, following Jesus requires us to take up our cross. It requires us to deny ourselves. It requires us to lose our life, but we find an abundant life in return, right? We, we get to enjoy our life while we lose it. And I believe that that's a sacred ambition. And so last week we looked at some scripture to help position us to do that. But here's the thing I want to do today because enjoying your life can, can also get pretty tricky. It can get tricky because sometimes we enjoy the wrong things, or we enjoy the right things in the wrong order, right? Um, on my second wedding anniversary, my wife got me the most romantic gift I've ever gotten in my entire life. I'm, my, gift, gifts are not my love language. I, I don't really care about gifts, but this gift is probably like the top five most love I've ever felt for her in my life. I did. She got me a Sony PlayStation. And when I was a kid, I used to play video games and loved all the 80s, like, you know, Atari games. And, and I was trying to be an adult, but she, she ruined it for me, right? She got me this Sony PlayStation, and I was so happy because I get to play again. And I bought this game called Metal Gear Solid. And it was one of the first games that you had to, like, you, you had to beat this game. It took, like, hours and hours and hours. And so I dove right in, and oh, it was so fun. And, and, and I spent hours on it, and, and something happened where... I started staying up really late at night because I had to beat this game. And so oftentimes, you know, we didn't have kids at this point in our marriage, and my wife said, hey, I'm going to bed, and I'll be like, I'm right behind you. And then four hours later, 
you know, I'm still like callous thumbs, just like going at it. And this happened for like a week and a half or so, and I finally beat the game. And I said to myself, I'm going to play it again and beat it faster. <laughs> and I'm going to use the invisible bandana, and I'm going to beat this thing faster. And so I started playing it again. Well, one night, I remember my wife like coming out in the middle of the night and probably saw the glow of the TV in the living room and walked over, and all she did was give me a look. She didn't say anything. It was just that look. You know what I'm talking about, that look. And I thought, oh, I did it again. I'm like, it's 3 in the morning, and I'm out here playing this. Um, a short time later, a couple days later, I'm having a prayer time with God, and God's talking to me, not audibly. God's never spoken to me audibly before, but he talks to me in my head. Most of the time I know it's God because it's something I wouldn't think of or I don't want to hear. And, and I was talking with God, and he was talking with me that, that maybe my wife and my family and my friends aren't getting me at my best because I'm spending every night up to two and three in the morning and I'm young, right? So I can do it. I can push and I'm going through my day and I'm getting it done. And then maybe my church, I was on staff at a church, just started there as a youth pastor and a worship leader. Maybe they're not getting me at my best either. And maybe even God's not getting me at my best. And so I, I ended up selling that PlayStation. But I learned, I learned this, that sometimes a good gift or something good can get out of alignment, right? Um, and, and, and in my case, that story, that, that gift was good. It was play. It was enjoyable. It brought me joy. However, it ended up in the end distancing me from God, distancing from people I love, distancing me from my occupation and vocation and work as a pastor. It became a disordered desire, right? See, the good desire for play, which is a good desire, came in conflict with another desire to win at whatever cost, right? To beat that thing and to beat it faster and to beat it faster. And so these two desires are in conflict with one another. And, and here's the thing. We all, all of us, have all sorts of desires that are in conflict with one another. Right? Let me, let me illustrate this for you. If you've ever been to the checkout aisle in the grocery store, you see this rack. And it's full of magazines with these fit and healthy and beautiful and trim people, right? They're airbrushed to perfection, and you see that, and, and they're there for a reason, right? Because it, it makes the person standing there say, I want to be fit and healthy too. I want that. But what's on the other side? of the? Yeah, you turn around, and it's a rack of candy bars, at the, all the best candy bars. Mine is payday. It's always there. My payday bars are in everyone because they know people love this candy bar. It's the perfect blend of like salt and sweet. It's, anyway, and there's a king size, right? Payday bar on this side. There's the magazine on this side. And I really want that. Now, here's the thing. Both of those things, right, are, are desires. They're in conflict with one another. They would both bring me a, level, a certain level of joy, right? The candy bar would bring me some enjoyment. Being fit and healthy would bring me some enjoyment. But they're in conflict with one another. And so which one do we really want? See, this is why the old adage, the heart wants what the heart wants, is, is 
ridiculous because which heart, right? <laughs> is it the heart that wants the candy bar or is it the heart that wants to be fit and healthy? John Mark Comer in his book, Live No Lies, he sheds some light on this when he says, our strongest desires are not actually our deepest desires. I'll say that again. Our strongest desires are not actually our deepest desires. Right? Usually for me, when I'm in that grocery store line, my strongest desire is for the payday bar, the king-size one. It's just a bunch of goodness. I'm convinced we eat a bunch of those in heaven. Um, that's my strongest desire. And, and, and it's a fine desire, like to have, enjoy a candy bar, right? There's nothing wrong with enjoying a candy bar. But my deepest desire is I want to be fit and healthy so I can live a long life, I can be, be available for the people I love and my friends and enjoy all the good things of God, do all the things that God wants me to do. I want both of these things. And so the candy bar might be my strongest desire, but it doesn't mean it's my deepest desire. And of course, we experience a conflict, of, more serious conflicts of desire than this, right? More than just candy bar and being fit. Um, some, some of the conflicts of desire that I experience on a pretty regular basis, I want to be present with my family, but I also want to go in the other room and watch TV by myself, <laughs> right? I want to be generous. I want to be content with what I have, but I also want a nicer car, preferably something newer than the 2007 I drive, right? I, I want to read my Bible and be with Jesus, but I also want to spend that time reading fantasy football articles so I can win another championship. <laughs> See, none of, those th- none of those desires are bad. Watching TV, wanting a dependable car, um, reading fantasy football articles, none of those things are, are bad or are wrong. But what can happen to us is those desires can become disordered. Right? They get out of place, like my PlayStation story. Good desire, but it, it, it gets out of place. It becomes disordered. And so enjoying your life then can, can either form you or it can deform you. And so how do you, how do you navigate that? How do you tell the difference? Well, let's look at some scripture. Um, let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 2. Verse 8 and 9, we're going to go back to our origin story, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And let's, let's read these two verses here together. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so here we see in our origin story uh, God placing Adam and Eve in Eden. And Eden in Hebrew means pleasure. And so God is placing Adam and Eve where, where, where he and his creation can be fully enjoyed, maximum capacity, in the center of his pleasure. Right? So everything, in our beginning, everything was leveraged in our direction so we could enjoy God and enjoy his good creation. Um, but what happens? You know the story, right? The serpent comes along, the devil, the serpent comes along and beguiles them. And, and he plays on their disordered desires. Um, he convinces them to reject God's shalom. He, he tells them God is keeping something from you. He knows if you eat of this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, if you eat of it, 
eat of it, you're going to be like him. And it said that Eve saw it was delicious for fruit, so Adam and Eve took that. And, and, and the serpent is beguiling him in the way, saying, God is holding out on you. He can't be trusted. He's keeping something enjoyable from you. If you eat it, you're going to become like God. Now, it's really important to make this distinction because being like God is not a bad desire. Right? The New Testament is full of passages that say that as believers, we're being formed into the image of God, into the image of Christ. Right? We're being transformed into his image. And so that's not a bad desire. So that makes me believe that, that the desire to be like God wasn't the problem. It was the way they were trying to fulfill that desire. Right? Because they were trying to fulfill that desire in an ungodly way, namely through disobedience. And so they had attempted to fulfill that godly desire in an ungodly way, and the Bible calls that sin. Their disordered desire separates them from God and his shalom. And here's what happens. Genesis chapter 3 tells us this. You can read it on your own sometime this week. Uh, here's what happens. They lose their capacity to enjoy God and his good creation at its optimal level. We read in Genesis 3 that their whole life's about to change. Everything that God leveraged in their direction to enjoy now is less enjoyable. And so their relationship with God is damaged. We're told that their relationship with one another is damaged. Now there's going to be tension and conflict. We're told that their relationship with creation is damaged. They have to leave the garden. We're told that their relationship with work was damaged, that now it would be toilsome and difficult. And so not only are they separated from God, but all the things God gave them to enjoy become less enjoyable. And this is why enjoying your life needs to be a sacred ambition. Because Jesus came to reverse that curse. Right? Jesus came, and through the cross and his resurrection, he restored what was broken. He, he restored what we forfeited. He redeemed us, right? He reconciled us with God. He, he restored our relationship with God and with one another and with creation and with our work and our vocation. Listen, listen to this verse in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 20 through 23. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children. See, friends, this is why we get to enjoy our life while we lose it. Because Jesus reversed this curse, right? God had leveraged everything in our direction to enjoy him and his good creation. Then, then we, we rejected that. We rejected God's shalom, and now those just life is less enjoyable. And yet Jesus comes and reverses that and says, no, no, I'm redeeming and fixing everything. And now we're living in this tension of like already but not yet. Right? It's, it's final. 
the scripture in Romans here says that we're guaranteed the Holy Spirit is a foretaste of future glory. We have this down payment, this guarantee that yes, everything's going to be restored to the way it was supposed to be, God's original intent for us enjoying Him in His, in his creation. And our relationship with creation and work and with another and with Him is going to be fixed. And yet we're living in this tension where we have one foot in this world that's broken, right? And one foot in this promise that God has. And so now we... we Enjoying your life becomes a sacred ambition. And it doesn't have to be a secular one. See, I think a lot of times as Christians, we get in this, again, this false dichotomy, this, this mental game where we think, well, this activity is secular and this activity is sacred. Going to church is sacred. Reading my Bible is sacred. Prayer is sacred. They are. Going for a walk is secular. Eating food is secular playing a video game is secular. That's what we think. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that's a false narrative. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 says this, what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. You know what that means? That means when you do things for God's glory, that when... Enjoying your life becomes a sacred ambition, like even eating and drinking and whatever <laughs> becomes sacred. See, for me, like, I, I like to float down the Winooski River in a tube on a summer day. <laughs> and it sounds secular, right? I'm floating in a tube. How's that sacred? Because every time I go, there's at least one moment where I just look up, I'm sitting in the back, floating in a tube, right? Sunshine, beautiful mountains, trees. Blue sky, clouds, it's beautiful. I say, God, you're amazing. <laughs> Every time I've done it, at least one time, for one moment, I, I have that encounter with God, and it points me to God. See, that's 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. See, that's, that's just one example of, of how enjoying our life can be a sacred ambition. Basketball, I love to play basketball. I'm no good. I love to play I play on Thursdays at lunchtime with a group of guys, and I'm usually like so exhausted, fatigued, sweaty, completely drained, <laughs> and I'm reminded of my frailty. But also, when I get in the car, I'm like, thank you, God, I need that. Thank you for keeping me healthy. Thank you for letting me play that. What a gift. That's, that's secular, Adam. <laughs> that's not sacred. Going to church is sacred. Reading your Bible is sacred. You should be doing that, not playing basketball, not floating down the Winooski River. No, no, no. That's what I'm talking about. We have to get rid of this false dichotomy. We can do both. We can, we can enjoy our life while we lose it. So as I close, I, I want to provide you with a few questions that my prayer is that there'll be a litmus test for you of sorts to help you determine and examine whether your current approach to enjoying your life is a sacred ambition or something else. So are you ready for these questions? I just want you to contemplate them while I ask them. There's a couple questions here. One, do the things you enjoy point you to God or do they point you away from God? That's the first question. Second question. Do the things you enjoy make you more aware of his presence and goodness or less aware? Third question to help you diagnose and examine whether your approach to enjoying your life is a sacred ambition or not. 
Do the things you enjoy cause you to trust and obey God more or less? And then finally, do the things you enjoy form you or do they deform you? Do they form you into his image or do they deform you? And hopefully those questions will help you figure out this tension of like, how do I approach enjoying my life as a sacred ambition? Right? Versus enjoying the wrong things or enjoying the right things in the wrong order. And that's our task as followers of Jesus, right? To, to live in both, to, to enjoy our life and to lose it. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.